it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Thank you for listening to the Often Daunted podcast with me, Burke White, now available on X at Often Daunted. Uh, I believe it's just Twitter. So if you are already following me, you should be just fine on X. Uh, it's been a been an awesome week for me personally. Uh, invited the uh, latest recruit to the 20, 2041 uh, recruiting class for Terry. And uh, yeah, it's just been... A, <laughs> It's been a week of figuring out baby sleep um, all over again, but uh, alas, here we are recording on a Sunday as we do every Sunday. Um, thank you for giving me the listen, and uh, without further ado, let's do it as we always do. We'll get into some national news. We'll get into some Indiana news, but on this episode, I do have a special treat as I was joined by Brandon Dubich of the LEO Football Podcast, the uh, sister podcast, uh, brother podcast, let's call it that, the uh, bro- brother podcast of mine here on the uh, Big Banter Network, um, talking Indiana football. Just wanted to give a little season primer for uh, the more basketball-minded amongst us. Hey, it's almost football season. We're always excited at the very beginning of it, aren't we? Um, I had uh, Brandon just break down a few of the storylines to look out for, a few of the names that we are going to be just hearing over and over again. Uh, this football season. But again, we'll get into that uh, right after some of this national news for you. Thoughts and prayers to Bronny James, um, who had a cardiac incident on Monday. Uh, I know you guys, I mean, your head had to be under a rock if you haven't heard about this news. Yeah, the official statement was uh, sent on Monday was, or on Tuesday was yesterday while practicing you guys, I'm just going to talk about it really quick. We'll get through it, and then uh, we'll move on to the uh, rest of the stories this week because, hey, there's not a, there's not that much in the offseason here. Um, so we're going to give you what we got. And uh, just a few thoughts on the Bronny thing. Uh, yesterday while practicing, Bronny James suffered a cardiac in- arrest. Uh, medical staff was able to treat Bronny and take him to the hospital. He is now in stable condition and no longer in ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family, and we will update media when there is more information. LeBron and Savannah wish to publicly send their deepest thanks and appreciation to the UC- USC medical and athletic staff for their incredible work and dedication to the safety of their athletes. And I think it was the yeah it, the CBS basketball uh, podcast discussed how this was the second cardiac event that had taken place on the floor at USC, and it was the second time that this IED had saved someone's life. Um, just emphasizing the fact that they need everywhere. They need to be in every single basketball court out there. Uh, make them cheaper, whatever it takes. Uh, just make sure our athletes always have access to these because they are saving people's lives. And so, I mean, prayers to the whole James family. Um, I won't, I won't, yeah, I won't discuss how another story this week was the fact that his dad sent like eight hours later after the statement uh, had tweeted out just about playing in Saudi Arabia. And just I'm not going to talk about how just disrespectful and ridiculous that is. Um, that's me not talking about it, guys. But what we are talking about, uh, because it is the dog days, uh, four sources close to the Northwestern. What is it? What can it be this week? Volleyball program, including three recent former players, confirmed that a hazing incident occurred in March 2021. 
<coughs> all of this laid out in a lawsuit filed by the uh, former Northwestern volleyball player. And this is the uh, first case of women joining the party and suing Northwestern. Um, man, such a great school making really smart kids who are about to make a lot of money utilizing that education, I guess. Uh, yeah, everyone looks to be getting in on the cases against Northwestern. You just pray. Yeah. You pray uh, your team ain't, <laughs> your school ain't the one on the block next, but uh, I think we're running a tight ship here in Indiana. That being said, they were just trying to go for P.J. Fleck, who was under fire for absolute bullshit reasons. Uh, everyone was just looking for another, like, now that Northwestern went down, they just want to see another head roll. They love watching it. They love watching it. Let's quit trying to find monsters where there are none to be found. P.J. Fleck is a weirdo. Uh, that's basically what the whole report was. He's just weird. Um, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a quirky dude. We'll, we'll say quirky. Uh, he's a quirky dude, and uh, he's a football coach. He's a quirky football coach, and uh, we if you ever played a snap of grade school football, you know a quirky football coach. And they're a special breed, but <laughs> they aren't. It, it doesn't deem somebody worthy of being canceled. P.J. Fleck, Minnesota football, I think they're safe. Uh, you guys, there is not a lot to talk about right now. It's the deadest days of the summer. Um, if there was news, it might not even be good news, so I'm glad there is not a lot of news. <laughs> As far as the sports world goes, I guess the only news I got really on the national stage was Jonathan Taylor wanting to leave Indianapolis. And I say, whatever, good riddance. We Guess what? You're only going to prove I don't know what this is doing to serve the running back situation. Because, hey, say uh, you leave and we just find somebody who can produce just as well. I mean, that'll be really damn hard. But find somebody, I mean, even if he doesn't produce as well, find somebody who doesn't warrant backing up the pay truck and he kind of shot all running backs in the foot so oh man yeah that's the national news i'm digesting right now but uh we did see that colorado announced that they would be moving to the big 12 of course this was coming they had just announced how everybody everything was hunky-dory in the pac-12 and immediately after that colorado jumped ship the Big 12 is really putting together like a solid B squad. Uh, it's a shame to see the Pac-12 go, but uh, honestly, as long as the Big 10 just keeps, stays the Big 10. Big 10 ain't the Big 10, but as long as the Big 10 can stick around and Indiana can be a part of it, I, yeah, whatever. All this conference realignment, as long as Indiana is on the winning side, I'm okay with this. It's an unfair world. Uh, luckily, Indiana got in early with a winner. This week, uh, John. This week, John Rothstein was really hyping up the Maryland side, and he was hyping up freshman uh, Deshaun Harris Smith. In particular, he said uh, that Deshaun Harris Smith would be one of the he will be one of the best freshmen in the country, and uh, understandably so. He has a lot of hype heading into the year. He was selected as one of those thirty-five players who uh, took part in the U uh, nineteen men's national team. Uh, training camp that Kalel unfortunately missed out on because of an injury. Six four guard can put the ball in the bucket. Uh, John Rothstein said he has a natural feel for the game. A lot of hype heading in, <laughs> a lot of hype behind Maryland heading into this next season. Uh, you'd hate to see it all just fall off the rails. <laughs> on Maryland, uh, Maryland legend Melo Tremble just announced he will now be paid in rubles, as he and inked and he inked a deal with PBC Siska. CSKA Moscow 
I just wanted to shout that out because Melo Trimble was he, he's a special opponent in my eyes because he just was a uh, key fixture of those Maryland teams at the time when I was heading in, when I was at school or as I was heading out I guess the Maui Invitational bracket was released and there are plenty of great matchups amongst that you have Tennessee taking on Syracuse Purdue taking on Gonzaga Kansas taking on Shamanad yeah however you say it UCLA taking on Marquette. Purdue better be ready to represent the Big Ten with a great showing. Uh, I hope they do put on a show. They are starting the tourney with a tough one in Gonzaga, but I believe they toppled Gonzaga last year to kick off their hot streak. So what's to say they can't do the same here? Um, Rooting for the Boilermakers until uh, they see some real competition in the Big Ten. I I wanted to discuss one thing I had heard on the Mark Titus show. Uh, There was a Canadian reporter on discussing how the regular season college basketball games just do not make their national sports shows like their sports centers, their versions of it, unless it is Edie having a huge night. And it it, it just it shed a light on it shed a light for me on the idea that, I mean, if you get these recruits that are on these little islands that you have to go out and you have to do some digging to find them. Um, but once you find them, if they can become a monster, if they can become something something to aspire to, like Zach Eady has for Canadian basketball, uh, at least the youngins looking up to him, literally and metaphorically, it just sets up an entire pipeline. Because where, if anybody is from, where is Zach Eady from actually in Canada? I'm just like, that has to be such a... I'm sure there are plenty of Canadian kids who now want to aspire to play for Purdue like Zach Eady did. Oh, that pains me to say. Who would want to aspire to play for Purdue? But nonetheless, it's, it is developing talent like this on that you just flick out of the clouds, out of the ether. If you can establish anything there, you got who you got everyone surrounding them. You got everyone looking up to them um, as an invested pipeline. It's kind of brilliant, honestly. Just, just a that's that's next level recruiting right there for you. Again, guys, not a lot to talk about here on the national stage this week. Uh, may have some more news for you next week, but uh, let's get into some of the Indiana news. In Indiana basketball news, rip to the basketball Thunderdome that was Spees Fieldhouse. The uh, pickleball courts are being installed right now, and it's a shame. Uh, even even us CYO boys, even us CYO ballers, we got our time to shine in Spice Field House playing in those city tournaments to kick off each season. Or around the holidays, yeah, we'd throw our names in the hat, usually get our usually get worked. But nonetheless, it was a uh it was a Fort Wayne institution. And now it's a bunch of pickleball courts. Which honestly I'm gonna go try out. Yeah, I'm gonna go try it out. Congrats to Terry Morin for winning her second gold medal as she assisted the USA Basketball U19 women's team to win the championship of the FIBA Women's Championships. The final USA 69, Spain 66, took place in Madrid. And in front of the uh, pro-Spanish fan base, America just put on a show. Uh, I would say put on a show. They won by three. Uh, no, just uh, credit to Terry for leading the women's team. And uh, America cannot lose international basketball, guys. We need to keep keep fighting strong, fighting the good fight. All these European guys are coming up. 
these uh, nations think they, they want to do battle with the big dog, and we need to keep reminding them who that big dog is. So credit to Terry, credit to the entire USA women's basketball program. Hoosiers leading the country. Love to see it. In other Hoosier world champion news, uh, congrats to Ahmed Hafnawi on winning the world title in the 800-meter freestyle at the 2023 World Aquatic Games, or World Aquatic Championships, sorry. A Tunisian Hoosier out there swimming like an absolute shark. Congrats to the world title champion. This last Tuesday in Noblesville, uh, the community was treated to an absolute show at the Dizzy Runs Pro-Am as Trace lit it up with uh, Jeff Teague and Joey Brunk to take on Obi Toppin and Tyrese Halliburton. Just looked like a uh, pretty fun event. <laughs> Again, lucky to the crowd in Noblesville who got to see it because Trace was out there doing very Trace Jackson Davis things, just dunking the hell out of the ball. I uh, saw one oop sent his way that he just, I mean, levitates. Levitates a few 10 meters and just throws it down. Forever will miss Trace Jackson Davis. Um, excited to see what this Indiana front court can do this season, though. It happened quite a few days ago, but the Hoosiers offered the 14th best player, uh, the 14th best player, according to rivals in the class of 2025, five-star Jameer uh, Jones. The 6'6", 200-pound wing player was offered by Illinois shortly thereafter. Indiana just getting their name in on a lot of these big guys, but uh, we need to land we need to land one of these. I mean, uh, one of the 2024s, please, preferably. Yes, lock, lock one down for us. Uh, get him on campus. Mike Woodson is the closer. He spoke to it. I'll speak to that a little later. Absolute closer. Needs to keep it up. Holy crap, what bug is that? What the? All right, we're live. We're live and it's dead, so... Where was I? Uh, J- yeah, Jameer Jones. Jameer Jones. Um, yeah, we need to get it. We need to land one of the guys in the 2024, preferably. Please, we need to get those guys locked in. Uh, but a nice signing from the class of 2025. This guy is a highly touted recruit. Indiana has their names in on these big names now. And Mike Woodson has made that a possibility for us. Uh, him getting guys like Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hochefino both drafted. Um, that helps us get guys like these at least looking, taking flyers on us. That's just the start. Hopefully, Mike can close on those guys. I'm 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 rambling a bit this week, guys. I hope you understand. As uh, my daughter wakes up for feeding every two hours, three hours. I don't know what what it is. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I'm 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 doing the. You know, that's the way we get by. You know, I'm 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 putting them out every week as I do. No weeks off here on the Often Daunted podcast, but uh, please forgive me this episode, at least. I, I might ask for forgiveness throughout a few of them, but uh, this one, please understand. Please understand. I'm I'm hanging on by a thread here. I'll tell you who did help me as I was hanging on by this thread. Uh, shout out to Mike Rutherford at SB Nation. You know, I was scrolling way too early, and I finally came across his. I finally came across his that at least has Indiana men's basketball listed. Uh, doesn't have a description of why we doesn't have a preview, a description of why we should be ranked where. But it at least has Indiana listed at that 31 spot. And it just calmed it calmed me a bit as it, it is. We are right where I had figured just outside ready for someone to make some room. That's a nice place to be. 
it, it might be a little more comfortable position to uh, kick off a season from than last season for sure. And who will be helping us kick off that season is Anthony Walker, who had just arrived on campus this last week. Welcome to Bloomington, Anthony. Once a Hoosier, always a Hoosier. Welcome to the cause. Hit the gym, as that's what all of our boys are doing right now. Hope you find your footing quickly, and uh, Bloomington treats you well. It's the best. It's the best college town on earth. This week, the guys at the Hoosier Hysterics podcast were blessed with the presence of Mike Woodson. Gosh, it was awesome to see him on the show. Coach had said uh, knees were feeling good. Said the knee surgery's recovery has gone well. He spoke to the anxiety he felt personally as uh, Trace slid throughout the draft, which I found really interesting. Uh, he spoke to as much fun as it was being in the being in attendance for Jalen at the time of being drafted, like shaking the commissioner's hand. Awesome time for a coach. At that time, he was also floored watching Trace slide as far as he did. Mike Woodson had to feel for his uh, his protege. I mean, his 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 guy for the for his. Uh, for the beginning of his tenure. Just in so much, uh, yeah, uncertainty. That's a vulnerable time for Trace. And uh, it's nice to see that Mike Woodson develops a relationship with these guys, that he's invested enough that he still feels like he feels that, that vulnerability that Trace had in that moment. I loved how in the interview um, he highlighted getting two guys drafted at least sparks curiosity in the top guys. As I mentioned before when uh, discussing Jamie or Jones, getting two guys drafted at least sparks curiosity in the top guys. And if he can get them in the IU basketball environment on campus, he thinks he can get them. Mike Woodson has proven he's a closer. He got Kalel Ware. He got Mbako, both of which were being offered very handsome packages by very handsome locations. And Mike still came out on top. If once once you step foot in Assembly Hall, yes, it's a little bit run down, but but gosh, it, it's the it's the most beautiful sort of ugly you'll ever come across. It's a bit tacky, but in the best way possible. That being said, Mike Woodson has done very well in cleaning up the brand, in cleaning up how the brand is sold to these guys, and I have to imagine that's gone a long way in him being able to secure these guys that he has, him being able to retain guys like Trace Jackson Davis. He's making Indiana cool again. What more could you ask for following Archie's regime? I loved he, I, I just keep t- saying what I loved about the interview, but I genuinely loved hearing him discuss uh, just what he what he straight up told Kalel Ware. Um, he told him that there's a different degree of work and uh, how hard you are willing to play that we demand. And and he said no offense to Oregon and their staff, but I mean. In so many words, he said, no offense to Oregon and their staff, but this is indie goddamn Anna. He said, you're going to work your ass off, and you're going to see the dividends, because this is indie goddamn Anna, in so many words. He said that Kalel has put on 20 pounds, and I, that is what I'm talking about. Everybody talked about his wiry frame, and come, uh, I mean, based on <laughs> Wemben Yama's summer league bus performance. No, way too early. Way too early to call him a bust. But you need to have a little meat on your bones. And good to hear he's putting on some weight. I have to imagine that weight is part of the sophomore bump that uh, most every player sees. I have to imagine the sophomore bump for a McDonald's All-American might be something to behold when all is said and done. So here we go. Let's, uh, yeah, I, I, lo- I was over the moon to hear that Kalel Ware has put on some weight. And uh, 
will hopefully be utilizing it down low while also being able to stretch the floor and utilizing his just touch and sheer ability. When speaking on uh, Galloway's senior year, Mike Woodson said that he's been the best player in the gym and he's earned the top spot. He's earned the starting spot. While also discussing the two, he spoke to possibly having Caleb run the two at times. I hope this means, honestly, I hope this means that he showed growth in his uh, ball handling and not just a name that Mike Woodson had to throw out out, out of necessity. We are quite thin at that position. We are going to need somebody to step up in a way that we weren't necessarily uh, expecting to have to ask them to this season if we were assuming that we were going to be able to get a shooter or something in the transfer portal. Hey, we didn't. I like the squad we got. I like the shooters we got, honestly. With that in mind, we still need somebody to establish a game, to establish a tempo in their, just establish themselves in this Indiana program here at the two. And interesting to see that Caleb Banks might be one of them. And on Caleb Banks, Caleb Banks uh, also spoke with the Indiana media today, or this week. He spoke to being an impact player, making the key plays, the you know, the unsung rebound, the much-needed bucket. He said that he wanted to be ready for the moment. You know, everything you want to hear from an, an Indiana offseason interview. You you could tell he may be a little bit nervous on the mic, but hey, that, hey, that, that, that kid can ball. He doesn't need to wax poetic for anyone's sake. He is here to play ball, and I'm excited for the ball we will get to see him play. He really did open up a bit when discussing how excited he was to play in, in Atlanta. He said he was very excited and couldn't wait to get back there. He plans to have a ton of his family there, and of course he does. Sadly, uh, while the world is blowing up, the fact that Kansas and UNC are playing their home and home, which I do love. Sadly, this is a win for neutral site games. Because this, you don't get to see the tradition in the crowds at neutral site games, but we still get to have these guys play in some places that they are that are otherwise un- impossible. It gives these guys opportunities that otherwise wouldn't be available. Playing in front of his family, we aren't going to play any opponents in that region, um, in Atlanta. This neutral site game is going to be an opportunity that Caleb Banks has to play in front of his family in the candy stripes. I don't know about you. As much as I could play in Assembly Hall, I would love to do that as well. And uh, I'm glad to see that Caleb Banks gets that opportunity with all that in mind. Still kind of hate neutral site games. Caleb spoke a bit to where he would be on the floor this season. He said that he was consistently working this offseason on his ball handling skills with the guards while also utilizing uh, drills with the forwards, uh, banging down low with the bigs to be uh, utilized absolutely wherever he is needed on the court. When asked uh, who who was really stepping up to lead this squad, Caleb said that Trey Galloway, Xavier Johnson, and Anthony Anthony Leal have committed to developing a workout culture. Caleb said, "Everybody's in the gym, trying to be the best versions of themselves they can be. So when the when that time comes, we are all ready for war. I love these guys in the gym prepping for war. <laughs> that is the type of news you want." In the offseason, you don't want any, because there can only be bad news regarding any, any of your guys um, in the offseason. Great to hear that these guys are prepping for war. Keeping it really light for you guys, uh, as it was just a light week of Indiana news, of Indiana news, of national news, of all of it. So, 
for the rest of the show, I wanted to uh, hit you with the sponsor. Then we will get to that interview with Brandon Dubich. Thank you so much, Brandon. And then I'll get you out of here with that Hoosier history hit. So, yeah, let's get let's get into that sponsor. The Often Daunted Podcast is brought to you by The Often Daunted on X. Go follow me on X. At Often Daunted on X. The new Elon Musk app, X. Go follow me on all the socials, at Often Daunted. Um, if you like the show, uh, feel free to leave a review. If you feel like you can contribute anything to the show, uh, have any ideas, any thoughts you want to, me to share with the show, uh, feel free to reach out to me at oftendaunted at gmail.com. I can't thank you guys enough for listening to this. These uh, murmurings of a madman. But uh, thank you so much. That often daunted everything. Not at often daunted everything. I'm saying at often daunted everything. <laughs> thank you. All right, guys. I have the pleasure of having Brandon Dubich with me from the LEO podcast. And I must say, this is my go-to podcast for any of my personal Indiana football opinions. Uh, the cruise chemistry is unmatched. It's uh, Brandon. It's uh, Michael Bragg. It's producer Seth, who is, it, before we get started, he's a Hoosier fan, right? So it's, it's, <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep it short, right? So he's from Indiana. He went to Ball State, then he went to Miami, Ohio, and graduated from Purdue. So, like, yeah. he's a Purdue fan, but he knows more about Indiana yeah. than Purdue. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy it's listening to that it's guy. <laughs> yeah. No, right. your guys' right. cadences work so well. I Like, I don't know what it is about podcasts on me personally. The first thing I'll recognize is just uh, cruise cadence amongst each other. If it's two just slogs. Don't want to oh. listen. If it's two dudes just with too much energy, they're going to annoy the shit out of me. Don't want to listen. Well, they they it, do have to pipe me down sometimes. Sometimes no. I get a sometimes I get a little riled. No, it's great. And and the fact you've been on these uh podcasts for big banter for some others, uh yeah. a casual Big Ten. Um yeah. I yeah, I, I had told him like go to Brandon Dubich because uh Michael Michael lets his Homer shine oh, a little more often for sure you, for i will sure. say I, I i just wanted to be like okay i need i need somebody who represents indiana university as like a very rational with a very rational right. mindset and i'm like brandon dubich is that guy so i i can't thank you enough for coming on it it, it depends are we talking about the steelers or talia tongavaloa then then i let uh, my bias true true then i let my bias <laughs> come through you, a little bit you you are the biggest talia stand <laughs> in the game for sure there ain't a maryland podcast <laughs> out there riding him as hard as you right <laughs> all right hey brandon before we get started uh just yeah. for anybody who hasn't been plugged into the leo podcast tell us a bit, little bit about yourself uh a little bit yes. about your indiana football fandom so I always say by the kind of the running joke on our podcast, guys, is I always say I'm going to keep it short and then I never end up keeping it short. <laughs> um, so in that vein, I'll keep it short here. So I'm I'm from Pittsburgh, um, was a Western PA everything fan from college sports to pros, went to IU. During my time at IU, I didn't go to a single IU football game. You know, I was I was IU basketball obsessed, but still, you know, I didn't get sucked into IU football. 
Um, but then, you know, you became an alumni and found out that you get more basketball points if you become a football fan. Yeah. Um, and my personality is like all or nothing. Like I can't just like half like something. So I'm yeah. like, well, now that I'm a season ticket fan, I have to get into it. And I end up meeting the absolute diehard that is Michael Bragg, right? And when, yeah. once, once, you're friends, <laughs> once you're friends with him, man, it's it's constant. Like I, I I don't know of an IU football fan bigger than him. So um, we became friends about 2013, and then we started this podcast about three years ago, or the LEO podcast about three years ago. So um, that's that's the story. And then we we figured out that we kind of need fact checkers because I kind of just talk. Right. So then we're like, we need a producer. So then we just reached out to Seth and was like, as he was a friend of Michael's and he was like, you want to produce for us? Uh, I was like, sure. sure. Oh yeah. Worked so out perfect. There, there we <laughs> go. No, I, so I have a, I have a theory on like why Indiana, cause I feel like so many alumni become Indiana football fans the second they leave campus. Yeah. And, and I, What's your I, theory? I feel like, I feel like it is uh, when you're on campus and it's IU, every night could be potentially the greatest night of your life. Exactly. It's just, you're just there. <laughs> yeah. And when you graduate, when the real world is kicking your ass and you got to do that nine to five, mm-hmm. you live for the weekends. And then you yeah. see all these other schools who have so much more fun than us come Saturday in the fall. Oh, and then yeah, you're I like, guess. and it's like, when, when that's all you got, when all you got is that weekend, I feel like football takes priority for sure. Well, and Bloomington in the fall is beautiful. Like any oh, yeah. excuse to go down oh there, like is is amazing. Oh my and god! Then, yeah, don't and bring then, a transfer. Don't bring a transfer any other time, man. Just, no, it's it's, it's no. September. It's October. Like one hundred percent. And then and then there's just something about you know. I mean, being that underdog. Like I don't know. Like I don't know if that's like. My, the the Hoosier in me, or I don't know if that's my, you know, my Pittsburgh roots, but like I like yeah. just being the constant underdog, like you kind of just love that. Like my wife is from Chicago. She's a Cubs fan. She's a forever underdog yeah. story, right? Yeah. So like she kind of made that realization. She was like, it's kind of fun being the underdog. Right. Yeah. So yeah. And there's, I, there's that too. Even after their championship, it is it is pretty alarming how quickly they got to become the underdogs again. <laughs> yep. <So. laughs> Life no, comes I, at you fast. Hey, guys, I just wanted to have uh, Brandon on to discuss. Uh, just give me a shotgun overview. Yeah. Um, for all of us basketball diehards, the football mm-hmm. casuals, um, just uh, what we're, the storylines we're going to be seeing throughout the season, the names to keep an eye on, um, the guys in, the sadly, the guys out who just, I mean, right. just look like superhumans of themselves. They look like they were in that super cool. If you've, if you've seen oven. Desan at yeah, Oklahoma. Dude. My, he looks like an Avenger. Oh my god! It's incredible. incredible. It's incredible. It I, I'm like, I'm like, we need to whatever that whatever lake they're taking that water from. We need to redirect that immediately to yep. Bloomington. But that Norman Water, <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. So, um, like I said, like you said, I've been on a number of these podcasts, and and what a number of people come to me and it's like, what has happened to IU? And I'm not going to make this any harder than it really is. We've trotted out quarterbacks name and no no shame to them they just didn't live up to it um Penix got hurt in 2021 we rolled out Donovan McCulley Tuttle got broken and we started a walk on Grant Gamel what happened last year Rich or uh I mean again you know I can't even say his name but I will for your podcast um Basilak was an abomination to quarterback play it was um, an, it was it 
just real quick on it was incredible. It was it was I I, I likened it to like an Adam Sandler movie where uh <laughs> where he it's like the kid is throwing consistently five yards above his whole team. You know what I mean? Yep. And then Adam yeah. Sandler's like, he goes to the dorkiest kid on the bench because it's the quarterback who's throwing it. Of he course. goes to the dorkiest kid on the bench, takes his glasses, <laughs> puts them on the quarterback, and then he is dialed in. Right. And it's like that's honestly, Connor just looked like he had he was farsighted or something because the throws were consistently the same distance above the receiver's heads. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that 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 was just a failed project. And then Tuttle looks beautiful for a quarter and a half against Penn State and then gets just absolutely broken, right? And and, yeah. and then now we're running Georgia Tech offense where we run the ball 45 times a game, right? Uh, and then and then we look like we're going to beat Purdue and his leg snap. So Oh yeah. Um, that was the only game I went to last season. <laughs> <laughs> it looked great for again yeah. a, a, a quarter and a half. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, everyone wants to point at Tom Allen and, and turn and look at, you know, the, the roster construction. We've just had no quarterback. You look what Tom Allen has done with quarterbacks when he's had a healthy Michael Penix, when he's had a Peyton Ramsey, he's went bowling when he yeah. hasn't yeah. had a quarterback. How do I again? So this is probably my bluntness over over Michael. I you will never have a roster that can survive without a quarterback. It just can't. It's not deep enough. It's not talented enough. It needs at least average quarterback play. Without at least average quarterback play, quite frankly, the horses just aren't in the barn um, to yeah. to be able to pull that off. So that's what makes this season so interesting, right? Um, I've said it. It's a little bit of a hot take, um, but I think pound for pound, potential for potential, Taven Jackson, the transfer from Tennessee, the brother of Trace Jackson Davis is coming in and lining up center. Now, Tom Allen's not going to come out and say this. He's going to come out and say it's a quarterback battle. That's what Tom Allen's yeah, done. We've yeah. seen it for we've seen it for six years now. It's 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 the horse and pony show um, of Tom Allen. But we know it's going to be Taven Jackson. He didn't transfer here, not not expecting to start. Right. So all we need, we being IU football, all, all IU football needs is average quarterback play can Taven just not lose games because we saw that with Connor Bazelak Connor Bazelak lost us games you can yeah. point to Nebraska yeah. you can point to Rutgers you can point to Cincinnati I mean again you just can point to games that he lost us if Taven can just not lose games this is an entirely different football team does that make sense yeah absolutely but I mean that starts with I think the biggest change from last season had to be uh, Tom telling his buddy to hit the road, kick rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean we know we know Tom, Tom, Tom. We all we all have a friend like Tom Allen who's loyal to a fault, right? Yeah, right. Some, someone just has to tell him like for your best interest, best interest, best interest of your business, best interest for your friends, best interest for your family. You just got to make hard decisions, and he it took him too long. Uh, yeah. I, I think it took him too long to come to the realization. Um, but he made a move and the season draft, like he made that move and look what we did against Michigan state. Look what we did. We should have yeah. beat Purdue. We should have kept Purdue out of the big 10 championship in that game. So, um, yeah, with coach boss, that is a, a huge hire. Um, and he's been cleaning up 
uh, on the recruiting front. I'm sure uh, maybe some of your listeners listen to um, uh, follow recruiting, but he's landed three stud offensive linemen already. The high school football season hasn't even started. So, yeah, Coach Bostead um, is one we need to hold on to. We need to pay him um, and, and keep him around. And because most importantly, need to keep Taven healthy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's, yeah, the only time we've had QBs worth a damn, we can't protect them. It's And it's a liability of, like, just keeping these guys on campus. For sure. The second they show a flash of anything, why would you risk it here? Right. No, uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but Taven's not the only transfer, right? Um, Believe it or not, for those IU fans that don't know, that IU fans, IU basketball fans know the transfer portal. So So does IU football who was the number one team in the Big Ten in transfer ratings. Number one in the entire class. Better than Michigan. Better than Ohio State. Better than Wisconsin. Got 23 new faces through the transfer portal. And there's some absolute studs on there. Um, right? Covered Taven. Um, there's a slot receiver called Dequise Carter. Uh, if you're a gambling fan like myself who who bet on White Forest overs a lot, you know Christian Turner. Um, those those are probably the other uh, off or EJ Williams. If you if you followed Trevor Lawrence in college, EJ Williams caught yeah, a lot of touchdowns yeah. from from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but the re- the impact guys are going to be on defense. Um, what Michael and I think, we've been huge stands of him so far, is Andre Carter. We think he has a chance to play on Sundays. Um, we got oh, a, a nice. transfer corner. He's in the NFL. I love that. I love right? that. <laughs> right? Um, we got the starting safety from Stanford in Nick Toomer. Um, we got a uh, starting corner from Texas in Jameer Johnson. Um, we got some other starters from Texas Tech and uh, another one from Stanford. And then the other big one is going to be Linnell Carr, uh, another end from West Virginia. So you look at the two bookends, Andre Carter and Linnell Carr. They are the best defensive end duo that I can remember. Like in the past decade, maybe even longer, as far as talent on the edge. Do you remember the last time I used had a good edge rusher? No, I, I couldn't tell you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And there's going to be some a lot of good quarterbacks this year in Big Ten play. So you're going to have to get after the quarterback. Yeah. So you take those five guys, right? You take those five guys that are all transferring from big-time programs with starting experience, and you pair them up with Noah Pierre, who has potential to be an all-Big Ten player. You pair him up with Aaron Casey, who's an absolute stat stuffer, who will be a captain of the defense. And then you um, line him up with Josh Sangetti and Patrick Lucas Jr. That's another five redshirt seniors. So you have five impact transfers. You have five um, redshirt seniors coming back. That's a pretty good defense. I have a lot of questions on offense, right? I do think it could be a slog in some games, especially games against Wisconsin, against Ohio State, against Michigan, against Penn State. Those games are going to be tough offensively. But in rock fights against Michigan State, against Illinois, against Rutgers, against Purdue, I think our defense is better than all of their defenses. Really? I really do. Yeah, I I do think we have a anywhere from a – Six to eighth, six to ninth rate best defense. 
Um, I, I will say in, in defense of that, in like kind of saying mm-hmm. that that could be a possibility is the fact that just that this turnover transfer, yeah, like the transfer turnover, sorry. No, yeah, um, no. yeah. I like you liken this one to Michigan State in the past. Like it, yeah. It's it's a twenty three transfers is enough to be program shifting. That yep. that's your whole. That's a third of your roster just. Right. We and we've seen. I said, yeah. You obviously listen to the podcast. So for the people that haven't, I've said this in other podcasts. Three years ago, it worked for Michigan State. Yeah, they, yeah. They went eleven and two. And went to a New Year's, uh, New Year's Day. Oh my Day God, bowl. eleven and two! Holy shit! <laughs> I mean, we're not going to go eleven and two. Yeah, we're, we're but not. That's go. just. But, I mean, my, my point State, is, that's it can crazy. work. It can yeah. work. Also, Michigan State's went five and seven and missed out a bowl and having yeah. similar like transfers, right? Yeah. So, um, I think the basketball program knows going to the transfer portal is risky. It can really, really turn out well, or it can be a disaster. Um. But what IU couldn't do is bring back the same team. They apt like yeah. Tom Allen could not have just relied on guys developing. He absolutely needed to bring new faces, new blood, new energy into the program because Tom Allen needs that. Tom yeah. Allen, Tom, Tom Allen had all the energy in the world in 2020, all the energy in the world. He had all of college football behind him. And then he wins six games in two years. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's, shit. yeah, no, no, dude, no worries. <laughs> I'm um, just trying to gather my thoughts on that. Yeah, it's no, 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 he's, so, so he's like in the saying, hottest. He's like in the so his chair. It is it hot? I it's like pseudo hot almost. I don't I don't know if I'd say pseudo hot. I think it's it's honestly it's a cop out answer. It's TBD because the expectations at IU are low, low. Yeah, so yeah. he can put up a six and six season go bowling and get his first bowl win. And it's like the last two seasons never happened. People, people will forget. We went four and eight and two and 10. Nobody will remember that. And all he has to do is go six and six and win a bowl. That's it. It doesn't go up to eight and four. He has to go to nine and three. God forbid. He doesn't have to do that. If he goes to man, if he goes two and 10, he's gone. If he goes two and 10, which everyone's predicting, every podcast yeah, yeah. I've been on has us going two or 10 or three and nine. If he does that, bye, bye. He's gone because he loses all those transfers, right? Tate, I don't know why Taven would stay, right? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Right. So if he loses everything, he has to go. Um, I, I, so that's why I say it. Like people, everyone asks, is Tom on the hot seat? If he can just, Go six and six. But the question is, how do we get to six and six? Yeah. Yeah. So like, like Vegas has us at 3.5. I just want to ask you how we get to that four. So we can pass. Let's do it. So we, we do this. We do this with the other teams on our preview pod, but let's just do it for IU. Right. And I want to split this up into kind of three segments games. We're definitely going to lose games. I think we're going to win. And then the toss up games. Okay. Does that sound good? Let's do it. Okay, perfect. Ohio State, Indiana, loss, right? Indiana State, win, one and one. Louisville, Indiana, I'm going to bookmark real quick. So let's, let's, let's come back to that one. Akron, win, two and one. At Maryland, you know I'm never picking against Talia. That's two and two. Yeah. <laughs> At Michigan, two and three. Home against Rutgers, win. 
I think Rutgers is the worst team in, in the Big Ten. Um, they, Them or Northwestern, it'll be close. Both have abysmal quarterback situations. So that's three and three, right? Uh, at Penn State, loss. Home against Wisconsin, loss. Um, so now you're at three and five. Let's remember that Louisville game, right? Yeah. yeah. Because the the rest of these, the rest of these are 50-50. Okay. So I like so we're, that. I like we're that at, though. We're at we're at three and five right now yeah. with Louisville neutral at Illinois, home against Michigan State, away at Purdue. Say we go two and two, because that's what coin flip games are. Coin flip we're we're five and seven, which is what I've been predicting all year long, is five and seven. All you have to do is steal. Three of the four out of Louisville, Illinois, Michigan State, and Purdue. Now, I think we beat Michigan State and Purdue. Michigan State also is going to be really bad. They, they, they're on the other end. They lost everyone on their team. Yeah. Like Michigan yeah, State kind of melted down last season and then everyone exited the program. Yeah. Like it yeah. was like, again, for, for basketball fans that don't follow, they, they lost everyone. They lost their quarterback, star receiver, def- key defensive play, they lost everyone. So I think Michigan State can actually be chalked up as uh, as a win. Um, now, the other three teams are so interesting, right? Louisville, head coach Jeff Brom. New coaching staff, new quarterback, new system. And we're playing him in the first month of the year. That is a great yeah. time to get a new head coach, yeah, yeah. a new quarterback, and an entirely two new team. Tell me we can't potentially beat that. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I can see it. Yeah, it's entirely possible. All, the that is that would be a case of the stars aligning perfectly for us. But right, yeah. And if, I, and I, if you believe in uh, believe in their quarterback, um, Plummer, who came back from God, some some Pac twelve school, I'm forgetting. But um, but then and then Illinois, everyone's saying Illinois is going to be good this year. They lose their entire defense and their defensive coordinator and their quarterback. Now, same thing can be said about us for a number of the coaching positions, but we already beat Illinois. We already Brett, yeah, beat yeah. Brett Bielema. Tell me it's not possible. We no, were I, worse last year. I saw it. I saw we, it. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen we, it done. <laughs> so tell me that game isn't winnable. Yeah. And then, and then, in, in my opinion, I've said this on all the podcasts, I do think we're going to be five and six going into that Purdue game. Oh, my God. Man, I do. <laughs> I do, dude. I do. I think it's. I think we're going to be five and seven oh. going into that game. Where do you think they'll be? How how comfortable do you think they'll be sitting? I, something pretty similar. They they have a they have a pretty tough non conference schedule. Now they do play the Big Ten West, um, but yeah, I think I think they'll actually be six and five. So okay, um, okay. But again, Not- I mean, they're going to want to. They're going to be want to be world beaters, right? They're they're going to want to keep IU from bowling. Um, but yeah, I think. I think I think we go five and seven, um, and I think I think and I think it's going to be an exciting season for you basketball fans that want to get excited. There's going to be NFL talent in Jalen Lucas. We want an entire podcast without talking about IU's biggest star. That's a fail on me, right? If you don't know who Jalen Lucas is, fire up YouTube. The guy is absolutely electric. City, Um, I like. I compared him. I'm not sure if you you listen to that pod, but. He is Rondale Moore like. Okay. What do you think about that? I like the comparison. Um, that that's a 
I mean, Jalen Lucas, he he's electric. He's yeah. It's. I mean, it it it's so crazy how under the wire he's going. Nobody's talking about the All American. And right. not even like among Indiana fans. Not even me. Talking. It's crazy. I went, I went yeah. twenty minutes. I went twenty minutes without mentioning I used best player. Um, what failure on me? I was. I was just thinking about how freaking blessed we are at receiver. It's crazy. We have all of these weapons. Cam can't like get it. Just wax poetic on Cam a bit. It's. Yeah. I. I. I think about all the talent. Like, okay, I'm gonna reveal something here. Um, so I, I grew up going to Catholic school for 13 years of my life in Northern Indiana, where they indoctrinate you to go to one they school do. in one school only. Yep. <laughs> and you really like that school until you just, until you get, you know, you, you fix it, you fix it. I'm an Indiana fan now. I was a Notre Dame fan, but family will keep, keep track of them a bit. Notre Dame didn't have a single receiver over 400 yards on the, on the year. Yeah. And then it's like Indiana. Indiana consistently has these guys who put up numbers with nobody throwing them the ball. Exactly. It's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, um, Cam Camper was absolutely torching Ohio State receivers before he got injured. Or, yeah, corner uh, Ohio State corners. Nobody could stop him. They kept throwing guy after guy after guy. And Connor Bazelik would would barely put it in the right zip code, and yeah. Cam Camper would go and get it. Yeah, um, Cam Camper is incredible. I've gotten fooled to think wide receivers can come back after an ACL. I mean, we saw it with DJ Matthews. We, we we've seen it with IU football players in the past. Yeah. Um, but if Cam Camper can even come seventy five percent to what he was last year, he's a game yeah. changer. Yeah, he's an absolute game changer. Yeah, I don't know. We are so it's crazy how we landed. So, yeah, so, so listen, to this. so I've said it on the pod. I think Jalen Lucas takes more snaps at slot or um, moving from the backfield to wide receiver than he actually does um, running the ball. Yeah, I, I think it's it's safe for it's safest for everybody. And I think it's the most productive, like for sure option for him. So so you got EJ Williams, who is a five star stud who put up numbers with Trevor Lawrence and then just didn't with DJ ukulele because um, he's not good. Yeah. Um, you got Cam Camper on the other side, and then you got Jalen Lucas lining up for a slot. I don't know of another Big Ten team that can kind of line up with that one through three. There's obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. and the Penn, Penn State's uh, wide receivers, and, and, and you, know, you can go around the league sort of, but... That's probably the best one, two, three IU has ever had. And oh, wow. don't don't sleep on guys like Donovan McCulley and Cameron Perry um, and uh, the Fordham transfer to Quise Carter. Um, it is a stable. Like I said, Taven just has to be average. If he's average. We have the weapons to, yeah, absolutely put up some numbers. Yeah. So, so are you predicting some shootouts for us then? Like, is, is it going to be? Uh, oh, so... I, again, I I like our defense more than our offense. I'm over here gushing about our offense, saying it's potentially the best wide yeah. receiver group we've ever had. Uh, I think we can do both. I really do. Um, and I say that with the caveat of us, I'm scratching and clawing to get to six wins. Yeah, life of yeah, an IU absolutely. football fan. Right? Life it's, of it's IU. brutal out here. It's brutal. <laughs> no, hey, uh, so no, so 
I think on the Big Ten podcast, the casual Big yeah. Ten, you guys were talking about uh, PFF hyping yeah. up some of our linebackers. Yeah, I love Big Ten banter. They, they, I think they're, I think they're going to do really great things. Um, sometimes their lists make me a little mad. They put out a best linebacker list today. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw it. I didn't see any. They had, I didn't see any love for us, but they had Aaron Casey at eleven. Oh. Yet PFF says we have the third and fourth best linebackers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Aaron Casey at four and the Stanford transfer, Jacob Magnum Farrar at three. So that we buy PFF, which again, some people love PFF, some people don't. That's not the, this isn't the podcast to debate that. Um, They, PFF says we have the third and fourth best linebackers in probably the best linebacker conference in the entire country. Yeah, and if you have the third and fourth best, as long as the team ahead of you doesn't have the one and two, doesn't that make you the best linebacker room in the entire That's Big Ten? I, Big Ten banter. Come debate me, man. I'm here. You you put you put the fourth best guy by PFF at 11, and you left the third best guy off PFF off your list. How does that work? How does that work, Big Ten yeah. banter? <laughs> there you go. I love you guys. I love you guys. You got some <laughs> explaining to do. You no. got some explaining to do. So on, on Aaron Casey... Uh, we, we don't have much time left here, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I, so you guys were going through some of the nicknames, the yeah. Canadian maniac. I love yeah. that. And I just, I just wanted to get with you. Cause I was thinking of some, or uh, somewhat decent ones for him. How, how do you like the Mountie Hunter? Oh, I like that one. The that Mountie Hunter. There's yeah. the, there's the assassin spelled E-H. <laughs> yep. And there's the exporter. Because uh, it's a, it's a more high minded one, because uh, a Canadian exporter, you know damn well that dude is exporting the lumber. Uh, so <laughs> so you, have, you have to get there. There's a little explaining. Like, yeah, that that I, I do international sales. So like I was like, okay, where I'm not quite sure where he's going with this one, <laughs> but now I got it. You yep. you're, you're tied there it you in go. with with an export uh, being lumber. I there like it. We'll use that for the Northwestern game. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the Northwestern fans out there. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Again, basketball fans, if you want to catch some IU games and you want reasons why, senior-laden experience defense, high-ceiling, explosive offense, and with a quarterback that could potentially be the best quarterback that IU has had since Antoine Randall. I I love the sound of that. Hey, you guys, there's plenty to be excited about this season. I cannot thank Brandon enough for joining us here on the Often Daunted podcast. Uh, Give him a listen on the LEO podcast, part of this big banter family we got going on. Uh, A lot of fun stuff coming out of the camp. So uh, look forward to working with the team and uh, looking forward to what else they got coming out. Uh, Brandon, go ahead and plug your socials. Yeah, so... um... We're on threads. I think I'll start with that because if you yeah, listen to our po- if, if you've listened to our podcast, I think Michael and uh, producer Seth are, are heading that way. Uh, but we're all on Twitter. I'm at uh, Brandon Dubich. Our podcast is at Leo Podcast. Um, so you guys can find us there. We're everywhere you can find podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Apple. We're everywhere that that you can find us. So check us out. Um, again, we we try to keep things fun. Um, because I mean, we're all just, we're all just like you fans. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let's, we're just, we're let's just get making this together. content for the people. It's a good time. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Thank you so much, man. Take it easy. Yep. See you. Go Hoosiers. Elio. Yep.
Thanks again, Brandon, so much for being on the show. LEO Podcast, absolute gem. Go listen. Let's get into that Hoosier History hit for you. This is your Hoosier History hit. For your Hoosier History hit this week, we have Harry Hoosier. Harry Hoosier was an African-American Methodist preacher during the Second Great Awakening in the early United States. When asked about his uh, skills as a preacher, Dr. Benjamin Rush said that making allowances for his illiteracy, he was the greatest orator in America. And he was widely influential um, across the, I mean, infant nation. As, uh, as Dr. Benjamin Rush said, he was illiterate. Uh, Hozier's early life is not well documented, but uh, many, most sources agree that he was a free man, most likely born to two African slaves near Fayetteville, North Carolina. Following his birth, it appears that he was sold to, I mean, his birth in 1750, uh, around then. Nobody knows his true first year of birth. He was sold in Land North, um, in Baltimore, Maryland, to be precise. <clears throat> Most likely to the plantation owner, Harry Goff, a prominent Methodist. Which very well could have led to him uh, becoming a Methodist preacher. Again, all of this, a lot of this is hearsay as uh, he was illiterate, therefore couldn't, te- couldn't uh, record his story in his own handwriting in his own yeah his own story i guess following his time at this plantation it appears that he uh gained his freedom around the time of the end of the american revolution it's at this time that he met bishop francis asbury who is deemed the father of american of the american methodist church and hoser would work as asbury's carriage driver and servant Servant because he was paid. It was at his time behind the wheel that, or I guess the reins, that Asbury would be amazed that his driver, his, yeah, his carriage driver, would be able to memorize long passages uh, word by word and deliver them to crowds um, in order to prep them for his sermons. It was this role that eventually became Asbury taking on Hoser to train him as a preacher in his own right. The single first reference to uh, to Harry Hoser in <clears throat> Asbury's journals is kind of a distasteful one, as it says, uh, If I had Harry to go with me and meet the colored people, it would be attended with a blessing. You guys, I I know we we might be skipping ahead right in this little part, but I have to imagine you know why I'm talking about Harry Hoser. Why why where this might be leading in regards to the Indiana University Hosers, a possible link there. But yes, so he he basically said uh, I can get in with the colored people if I have him with me. So that was very distasteful in his. Shame on you, Asbury. Shame. After lighting up the preaching tour um, game for years, 
It was in 1791, sorry, an erroneous accusation against him led to an exclusion of Hoosier, Hoosier, sorry, from within the church. I mean, the, the Carolinian elder of the Methodist church at the time, Reverend Jenkins, straight up said uh, he described difficulties for him with an influential colored man who desired further promotion within the church. As Jenkins said, he genuinely found, generally found that these people cannot bear promotion. Like too many white people, they became, they become proud. Hoser was not included in the group of black Methodist preachers who were ordained in the first class of, ba- like, officially recognized by the American Methodist Church black preachers in 1799. Towards the end of his life, he was uh, repeatedly found drunk and scavenging garbage looking for cloths to sell his rags. And it was it was the classic build him up tear him down American story. And it is this reason, this uh ra- this uh fall from grace story that a uh, history professor at Fisk University, William Pearson, credits Harry Hoser with the name Hoosier as uh, his his illiteracy <clears throat> often had him writing his last name in different ways. I guess I don't know who would write their name wrong, even if you were illiterate. Is that some... Is that... Uh, yeah, I may have offended people. A history professor at Fisk University, William Pearson... He suggests that the name Hoosier is referring to lowborn and fundamentalist hillbillies of the kind uh, Harry ministered to while he was out there uh, doing the tour in in the area of hillbillies. Honestly, <laughs> this uh, <clears throat> Hoosier epitaph that uh, was referring to lowborn and fundamentalist hillbillies uh, would be applied to the early settlers on the Indiana shore of the Ohio River. I just wanted to share this little piece of Hoosier history, um, just because it is just one of the possible theories out there for where the Indiana Hoosier moniker comes from. Just uh, one preacher who was built up only to be torn down. You know what? They're always trying to tear down the Hoosiers. We can't let them. We can't let them. Thank you so much for listening to that Hoosier history hit. Thank you all so much for joining me this week. If you have in the past, thank you for joining me then. If you plan to in the future, thank you for joining me in the future. I'll be back at it next Monday. Please give me a listen. Give me a subscribe if you can. Uh, Feel free to leave a review. Again, reach out to me on all the platforms, especially on X. Um, at Often Daunted. Thanks again to Brandon Dubich. Uh, go check out Michael and uh, Seth and Brandon's podcast, the LEO Podcast. Absolutely great Indiana football coverage. Giving you a little home review. Giving you a little. Uh, giving you a little bit of everything. Um, have a blessed week, you all. Thank you so much. Lux at Veritas. Take it easy, Hoosier fans. See ya.